welcome back to Noah's Window. Between now and Christmas, we're going to spend some time talking about the Christmas story. And as I was telling you yesterday, what we're going to try to do is merge the two accounts we have in the Scripture in the book of Matthew and also in the book of Luke and kind of bring them together to create one narrative. So I want us to get started today, and we're going to start in the book of Luke because Luke has another story that ties into the story of Jesus' birth that really is uh, very important to the story, and that is uh, the story of the birth of John the Baptist. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 1, and we're going to skip down to where the story starts in verse 5, and let's just read through these verses, and then we'll talk about them a little bit. So when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. One day Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom of the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Then the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He's taken away my disgrace of having no children. Well, there are so many things we could talk about here, and a lot of these things we may circle back around to. But um, one of the things that I see in Zechariah and Elizabeth is um, they had spent their whole life waiting. You know, it was just understood, especially in the ancient culture, that when you married, you would have uh, children. You would build your tribe. That was, that was a sign of God's blessing and of success. And they had spent their entire life waiting. And at this point had given up, clearly, according to Zechariah. He was convinced that it was too late, um, even though the angel had told him that God had this miracle plan for them. So waiting is hard, isn't it? It was hard for Zechariah and Elizabeth, I'm sure. Um, and it's hard for us, too. A lot of us are waiting for different things. Maybe we're waiting for a family situation. Maybe we're waiting for a financial situation. Maybe we're waiting on, um, maybe we're just waiting on the Lord to come. But we're waiting. It, it's just, it stands to reason in this period of time that we're living in that we're all waiting on something. And waiting is difficult. 
let's just talk about a few things we need to remember when we're waiting. When we're in the waiting room, we need to remember God is working. Even though we might not see it and we might not know it, God is working even while we're waiting. If what we're waiting on is His will, He's working. He's busy working while we wait. And then the second thing is His plan is better than ours. Now, I'm sure that um, Zechariah and Elizabeth had planned to have a big family. Everyone did. Everyone planned to have a big family. That was, that was the goal. They had hoped to have many children, boys and girls, and a whole tribe. Um, but God had one special child planned for them at just the right time. And he wasn't an ordinary young man. He was going to do something very extraordinary. He was actually prophesied about in the Old Testament. He was the announcer for Jesus. We'll see that later as we're reading the scriptures, what his role was in all of that. So he, God chose Zechariah and Elizabeth for something extraordinary, and his plan was so much better than their plan. And then the third thing is God's timing is perfect. We might feel like God's late. Um, Zechariah was convinced that God was too late, but he's never too late. In fact, he's never late at all. God is always right on time. And we're going to see that over and over as we go through the story of the Lord's first coming, that God's timing is perfect. So as we're thinking about life in the waiting room, there's another scripture I wanted to share with you this morning, and that's over in, this, in the book of 2 Peter. As we've mentioned many times, Mark and I are reading through the one-year Bible, so now we're getting close to the end of the New Testament. We're way over in the book of 2 Peter in uh, chapter 3. And there was a phrase that really stood out to me as we were reading this morning because of what we're talking about here. And in chapter 3, verse 14, Peter says, And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen. Did you catch the while we are waiting, while you are waiting? So let's find out what he's talking about that we're waiting on because this would include us. If you back up to the previous verse, um, in verse 13, he says, But we are looking forward to the new heavens and new earth he has promised. A world filled with God's righteousness. And I don't know about you, but I'm certainly looking forward to that. But as Peter says, right now we're waiting. So what does Peter instruct us to do while we're waiting? He says, and so dear friends, while you're waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. So there's an admonition for us today while we're waiting, and we're all waiting. We're all waiting for the kingdom that's coming when the world will be filled with God's righteousness. It isn't right now, is it? But it's coming. And remember, God's timing is always perfect. But while we're waiting, let's remember that, that it's our responsibility and our challenge to make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. So let's be great ambassadors for the Lord today while we're in the waiting room. I hope that'll encourage your heart. And just remember, when you're in the waiting room, you're not alone. All of us are waiting. All of us are waiting for something, and we're all waiting for one same thing, and that is for the Lord to come. So while we're waiting, let's remember what uh, the Apostle Peter told us to do. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all your blessings in our lives, and, and thank you for the privilege of having this scripture to study so that we can look back and see uh, the story of the Lord's coming back in Bethlehem, and also so we can see what we are looking forward to in the future. Father, I pray that you be with each and every person watching or listening to Noah's window today, that you would guide them through your, their life and show them each step to take, bring wisdom and guidance and protection. And I just pray that you would help us as we endeavor to live a life that's pleasing to you while we're waiting. And as we're waiting, we do want to um, ask, Father, that the Lord will come soon. We're so looking forward to that time where 
Jesus will be reigning and we will be living in a world full of God's righteousness. What a wonderful thought that is to look forward to. Father, I just pray for your mercy and grace on our lives. And I just pray that you would um, get the glory and honor for everything we say and do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us on this journey through the Christmas story. And we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. We'll go a little further into the scripture looking at the birth of Jesus. God bless. See you soon. Thank you.